Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Armchair Survivalist. My name is Kurt Wilson. I'm the Armchair Survivalist. And today is February 16th in the year 2020. And again, welcome to the show. If you go to armchairsurvivalist.com, you can see all the different ways that you can listen to me. Obviously, you know at least one way you can listen to me, but there's a whole bunch more. I'm on iHeartRadio, Podbean, YouTube, uh, Google, Apple, and there's there's like 24 different places that have picked up my feed and and, uh, have my show on it. You can listen live, Global Star 3 Satellite. I actually have a link uh, if you scroll down on any of the pages at armchairsurvivalist.com, you will see all the different other ways to listen. Then you'll see the little little uh, dish, satellite dish that's kind of sweeping back and forth. To the right of that, you'll see in red 24-7 live feed. You click on either of those two, and you can listen to Global Star 3 Satellite live 24 hours a day. You can listen in the chat room. You just click on up at the top. It says... Uh, listen to my show live Sunday in the chat room because my show is on 2 to 4 Pacific time on Sundays. You can listen there. There's also a phone number you can call in and listen on your phone and it's area code 641. Now it's not toll free. 641-741-0371. That's 641-741-0371. So there's many different ways you can listen to me. Uh, If you miss the show, on the left-hand side of any of the pages at armchairsurvivalist.com is a little white nipper dog listening to the RCA Victor gramophone. You click on him, and it'll take you to a page that says the Armchair Survivalist Past Shows. I keep all of my shows for the current year only on this page. And you can you can uh, listen to them there. You can, you can save them. Uh, there's different ways you can do this stuff. I don't know. I'm not into all of this electronic crap, but uh, you guys can figure it out. I'm sure there's a lot of millennials out there actually listening to me who actually can go, oh, yeah, I can do this stuff in my sleep. Okay, as you know, I have different uh, categories that I do on my show. Economy, health and food, Islam, the liberal psychosis, uh, government threat, Trump. And then if I have time, I like to follow up with something that uh, can help you one way or the other. And it's many different things. It could be anything from how to clean your house to how to work on your car to how to work on guns, how to refinish wood, how to uh, grow food, uh, plant food, cook food, store food, eat food, all kinds of different things. And I uh, last week I talked about uh, non-electric lighting and I was into candles, talking about candles and lanterns. And I want to finish up with that later, not right now. But I, I need to finish up with it because there's a lot of data I didn't give you, and, and I think you need to get it. So right now, we're going to get into the economy. So I've got to sync all of this stuff together. A couple stories. One story popped up to me this week, and I'm looking at that and going, why would they do that? General Motors here in the United States, and um, Ford, for that matter, have hired part-time workers. Well, they just made them all full-time workers. And I'm thinking, why Why would they do that when car sales are not increasing? So we're talking thousands of people, a couple thousand people. So General Motors and Ford promotes all of these people into full-time. Then I discovered some things that are happening in China. China has halted, or the General Motors, Hyundai, BMW, VW, Toyota, and a dozen more types of cars have stopped stopped manufacturing and they've stopped parts manufacturing so there's nothing going on in china right now uh let me rephrase that there's no manufacturing going on in china right now 
So both Ford and General Motors know that they're going to have to start kicking butt in the United States, manufacturing their cars here. That's why they just put almost 2,000 people on full-time. This feeds right into that. There's something called subprime auto loan, and a subprime is is a loan where uh, the, the dealer, the person who writes the loan, knows damn good and well that the guy's not going to make the uh, payments. You know they know that this car is going to eventually get, get uh, uh, pulled back and sold at auction. These subprime loans are exploding. There are almost a quarter of these loans are 90 days plus delinquent. People do this all the time. This is a big scam that occurs from the gypsies that uh, live in uh, Oregon. They will go to Washington or California or Nevada, and they look like they have good credit. So they get this loan. And it's it's always, you know, subprime loan, meaning the, the writer knows pretty much that that thing's never going to be uh, paid off all the way. And they don't care. They just take it back to uh, to Oregon, and they register it in Oregon. Then they take it to Washington, re-register it. In Wa- they, they hide the registration, and they keep going to different states and re-registering it. And eventually, nobody knows where the damn thing is, and they just keep it. And nobody, you know, if they have to, they'll make a fraudulent uh, title for it. But this is going on. This subprime loan stuff is getting monstrous. We're talking in the trillions of dollars. Not a little bit. A whole bunch. Well, let's see. Here's now what 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 could this do wrong? How how could this go bad? Let's see that the uh, communists, I mean Democrats in the House, want to pass legislation requiring banks to receive diversity and inclusion training and rating. What that means is that the uh, yeah, what we'll call them the socialist, communist, Democrats. What pick a word? They're all, it means all the same thing nowadays. So let's say Democrats. They uh, they did this before, and they made the banks give subprime loans to a lot of minority uh, homeowners, uh, people who wanted to own homes, knowing full well those homes are going to be uh, given back to the bank. They know they're not going to be able to make the payments. Well, the Democrats want the same thing to happen again, and they use the term diversity, meaning anything but white, and inclusion, meaning sexual perverts. So they want banks to receive this diversity and inclusion training. And then after that, they want to rate them on how diverse they are and how inclusive they are. It will it will get to a point, and you will see this. In fact, it's already in England, where a sexual pervert, a transvestite, Butch Dyke, goes into the bank and says, I, I make $1,000 a month. I want to buy a house uh, that's going to cost me $700 a month. So obviously I make enough money to pay for it, and the bank can't say no. This is what the Democrats want again. I got some news from you, for you guys in the UK, if you haven't already got it. There's a storm named Dennis. How inclusive of them. It's heading into uh, the UK and Northern Europe. This is a bomb genesis, meaning it's been amplified and amplified. It, it is like a giant, I mean, if you look at the map, if you look at the the uh, satellite map, it looks like something from Mad Max. It's giant. It's covering a whole continent. It's going to hit you guys, and it's not going to be nice. It's going to be cold, and it's going to be winds, and it's going to be rain, and it's going to be flooding, and it's, it's, it's all of this stuff. Okay, you know what the GDP is of each nation. It's a gross domestic product. And what that means basically is how much value of goods is that country sending out? 
right? So China used to have a GDP of billions a month. China's G- G- uh, GDP since January 1st has been zero. Okay, now you got to understand that because that means they haven't shipped anything out. I've said this the past two shows. If it's not on the water now, it's not coming. You, you understand that that means that all of the stuff that I've been telling you to go out and buy it as soon as you can means that you're not going to have chances because nothing's coming out of China. And the news came out, uh, well, last, let's see, um, two weeks ago, China said, yeah, 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 we're going to start manufacturing up again within the next two, three weeks. No. Now, because it's hap- what's happening in China is so bad that they have locked down everything, all manufacturing in China, and they might start up again beginning of May. That all depends how many people are left alive. There are so many different products that this is going to affect. This is affecting right now. I have Now, if you go to armchairsurvivalist.com, on the left-hand side, you'll see show notes. And what I do there is I post links to everything I'm talking about. You just find the date you want to find out about, go there, and you will find all the different things that I'm talking about, and this will be posted there. So armchairsurvivalist.com, show notes. To give you an idea, and I'm not going to read the whole list because it's massive, tires, all rubber products, but not limited to stoppers, caps, lids, hoses, belts, tubes, pipes, etc. This is going to affect anything. Antifreeze and de-icing fluids, iron and iron alloys, aluminum and alloys, uh, central heating units, turbines, hydraulic engines, pumps of all kinds, paper and bookmaking, cartons, boxes, containers, let's see, woodworking machines, cast iron parts, chainsaws and parts, cash registers, anything to do with computers, electronics, magnetic storage, whole or parts. Medical devices, microwaves, TVs, car computer components, concrete mixers. I mean, I I can go on and on and on. Motor vehicles of all kinds. If it rolls, it's on the list. If it flies, it's on the list as well. And if it floats, it's on the list. Satellites and all kinds of parts of that. Coenzyme Q10. Quinine drugs. All drugs. I mean, antidepressant, tranquilizers, psychotherapeutic agents, blah, blah, blah. All of that crap. Lidocaine, oxygen. Every, Every drug you can imagine especially antibiotics. There are so many things, uh, appliances. There are so many things on this list. You got to look at it or just take it for granted. That thing that you wanted to buy, you better buy it today because you might not have a chance. I just had a guy come in here and apparently Costco is allowing you to order things online, which they ship from their main uh, transportation hub, their main warehouse directly to you. So he had ordered a bunch of stuff. When he got the receipt for the order, they had canceled the toilet paper because the toilet paper is not available in any of their warehouses. You buy your toilet paper at Costco, you buy any paper products at Costco, you better get over there and get it. All right, now we're going to get into health and food. I talked about this locust plague. It is bigger than I I can ever imagine. It's already wiped out about 75% of the crops in Kenya and Somalia. These locusts, they breed every, every, every two days or so. It, the the uh, flock, if you want to call it that, doubles. They're headed to Uganda and Tanzania. They're wiping out whole fields, whole farmers' fields 
in 30 seconds. This is how bad it's getting. And it's it's uh, the, the U.N. has warned that there's going to be, well, they put it nicely, major shock because the African locust plague is expanding, spreading, and growing at such a size that even even a million gallons of DDT is not going to phase it. This plague of locusts is going to wipe out the food source for the Middle East and Africa. They don't even know how how uh, they don't even know how they're going to be able to to stop it. And the UN is really freaking out on this thing because they know they know what's going to happen. All of these nations are going to start asking for food because they're not going to be able to grow it. This is the most devastating plague in uh, recorded history. There's been many locusts come every year in these areas because it's very arid there in, in Africa and Middle East, and so they come every year. But this time, this time, uh, they're eating everything in sight. Way worse. Nobody knows what to do with it. All right. Now, I'm going to get into the Wuhan virus. Now, they've changed the name, and they're going to change it again because people get a uh, they get upset with the name. You know how, how liberals are. They've they got to change the name to suit somebody else. But I'm going to call this thing the Wuhan virus because it came out of that area, and I'm going to keep it that way. Now, I have I have so many links here. That things are happening so fast. Data has been being hidden and lied about and popping up, and I just don't have time, literally, to categorize every single one of these links. So I'm going to read some of them to you. First off, I got an article from me, uh, from a friend of mine, sent to me. Dean Koontz, very famous writer, he wrote a book in 1981, 1981, where he predicted a bizarre coronavirus that came out of Wuhan, China. Yeah, he called it the Wuhan 400. Huh. It's either him or Homer Simpson that seems to predict all of this stuff. Now, I re- this article I know for a fact I read when it came out, and it was in 2005, and the China- Chinese defense minister at the time had a speech, talked about bioweapons and how China needs to expand, and the only places it can expand to is the United States, Canada, and Australia. So the way to do that without killing the land is to not use nuclear weapons, but to use biological weapons. And we can cleanse the land. I mean, I'm not going to read from this thing, but I'll have it linked to you. And this is real because I already read it once. Well, let's see. This virus, I got to tell you again, everything you hear in the mainstream media, and for that matter, even in a lot of the alternative media, because... Some of the alternative media are showing themselves for what they are, which is like controlled opposition. The coronavirus, after study, the incubation period averages 24 days. 24 days. Not 14 days like the Centers for Disease Control has been telling everybody in the United States. 24 days. So you have these people who our government said after 14 days, nope, they don't have the, d- the disease, and they just came back from China. Now, just another thing, and I've mentioned this before to you guys about how I, I'm wondering if this is a DNA-structured uh, viral attack, and I think it is. Every single person who's died so far has had Chinese DNA in their system. They've either been Chinese, or they've been somebody who is, who's half, half-breed Chinese and something else. 
uh, there was a Mexican man that died in in uh, Mexican Mexico City. Well, he wasn't Mexican; he was Chinese. He was married to a Mexican lady down there. This these people they know that they're carriers, and they're still wandering around in the United States. There's five million of the people in Wuhan escaped before they clamped down. Five million. I'm not saying they were all diseased. And here's another really smart thing. The Centers for Disease Control has been sending out these test kits distributed all over the United States, right? This is what the government's been using to test these people that have flown back from China. And the CDC came out and said, oh, <laughs> these they're all bad. They don't work. They give false negatives, meaning every single person that they use these tests on come back as negative. Now, I have, I have links to what I'm going to tell you right now. In China, Chinese men and women have been caught purposely and with intention trying to spread the disease. They will spit on their hands and wipe it all over the buttons on an elevator. Uh, One woman has been putting mouthful of water in and then spinning it on car handles. Uh, This is ridiculous. This is insane. And these are the Chinese doing it to themselves. I have a link. I don't speak Chinese, but I have a friend that does. And he verified every single thing that I saw on this link. This is a YouTube video. If it's still there, I don't know. And uh, this guy called up one of the crematoriums in Wuhan. Now, there's 49 crematoriums in Wuhan. He calls up the smallest one there. And I'll give you the, the, the gist of the whole conversation. The gist of the whole conversation is the guy that, he, that the, the, the investigator talked to was hopping mad and screaming because he is having to burn over 100 bodies a day. And he has since January 10th. And he can't handle it. He's not one of the big crematoriums. So you have 49 crematoriums in Wuhan, each burning minimum 100 bodies a day. You need to figure the math out on that one. Oh, let's see what else. Okay, now I'm going to read these to you. Uh, Medical staff at the hospitals in, in Wuhan. Over 500 of the medical staff have been affected and died so far. Beijing and Shanghai. Beijing. The capital of China and Shanghai have been locked down as the as the Wuhan virus has spread uncontrollably. Oh, interesting thing. California lab came out and said, oh, yeah, we know that virus. Uh, it took us three hours to uh, create a vaccine for it. Yeah, I'll, I'll see which, where that's going. Cambodia. Uh, remember I told you about that ship that four countries said, no, you can't dock here because you got so many people on there that just came from China? Cambodia finally allowed them to dock. Not to come ashore, but to dock so that they can get fresh water and food and, and maybe some medical uh, attention. The, uh, the thing about the 24-hour, 24, 24 I'm sorry, 24-day incubation period, the problem with that is the CDC came out and said that it can be spread from people who aren't showing symptoms. A handful of Chinese cities have declared martial law. That's not just locking down. Or quarantining. That is, that means you you stay where you are. If you argue, you get shot. The uh, China Communist Party it's ordered over a million bags, and they found the the uh, invoice or the for uh, ordering. You know, you, you track cost of expenses back to government agencies, and they a million body bags from outside the country. And I think they put placed more than just one order. And Chinese propaganda video showed. A bunch of these victims who were quarantined actually dancing at a facility. 
Okay, so you got like a couple dozen guys in full hazmat suits waving their arms to music and all the rest of the people in there with masks on dancing, right? Yeah, talk about propaganda. The Dulles Airport, Chinese lady flew back, had a, uh, a bag full of dead birds from China. They're a delicacy, you see. Uh, exiled Chinese billionaire states 1.5 million people in China infected based on his his extrapolation of the data and communicating to uh, friends and relatives in China. Now, here's something, and I saw this, I saw mention of this a week into this virus. In China, as in a lot of uh, Asian countries, the whole family eats around one table and there's a communal pot in the middle. You got a communal pot of rice, a communal pot of of, uh, of meats of some kind, a communal pot of vegetables, and everybody reaches in and grabs some and puts it in their bowl. And okay, nine members of the same family were uh, infected and died because they eat from the same meal, not from the same pot. Oh, but there's, <laughs> I saw this and I'm going to no, wait a minute. You, some the head, some government agent in India says, oh, we don't don't worry about getting sick here because uh, all you have to do is rub yourself down with cow dung and drink cow urine and you won't get sick whatsoever. Meanwhile, in Brazil, scientists found a virus of unknown origins. This is a long story. I'll let you read about it. But basically what happened is that in a freshwater uh, lake that, that man-made, they study protozoa single-celled creatures in there. And they're finding these viruses in there inside of the protozoa. Most of the makeup of these virus is unknown on Earth. I don't know where this is going. I'm just throwing this out as a particle of data that someday you might be able to remember back and go, I remember he said something about that. I don't know. Let's see. We got 200 Georgia residents being monitored right now. Now, when they say 200 Georgia residents, the media is not saying anything in any way, shape, or form worldwide on the ethnicity of anybody who's who's uh, sick with the coronavirus, with the Wuhan virus. If you notice, have you noticed that? They made one mistake today, where they said that a U.S. citizen, 80-year-old. Chinese man died. 80, so the first time ever that they said what ethnicity or race somebody died of the disease. North Korea has been asked about it, about, oh, yeah, you, because they have a border with China. Said, oh, yeah, we don't have any. We have no, we have no, uh, nobody up here sick. Kim Jong un said anybody coming back from China is to be quarantined, directly quarantined. Now, he's God, so when he says something, you'd better listen. So one of these uh, executives who just got back from China said, yeah, 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 I know all about this, and decided to go to a public bath. So they found out that he had done that, walked up to him, put a bullet in his head. I guess that's one way to stop it. These um, cruise ships, these cruise ships all over the world, there's a half a dozen of them now that have people quarantine on them, the numbers of sick are doubling almost daily. Now, a Chinese company, well, the Chinese want manufacturing back, right? So they were bragging how they're going to get manufacturing back this week. So one company said, okay, we'll do it. So they everybody went, showed up for work. 
One guy there was turned out was sick with the virus. They had to close down the whole plant and quarantine everybody there. It ain't, it's not just there. We got a guy in Bozeman, Montana, a couple hundred miles from here, and he's being evaluated right now. Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines, just, just them, not the rest of them, canceled 18 cruises as thousands of people are still trapped aboard some of their cruise ships because they can't get off anywhere. Now, remember I said back that the uh, scientists have proven that there's it's a 24-day incubation period. There, We flew, and all you heard about was at, one, at least one or two flights of U.S. citizens coming out of China. We sent flights over there to bring them home. Well, there's actually been almost a thousand. And all of them are asking, why aren't you checking us? Here's what happens. As they get off the plane, they're asked, do you have a fever? Do you have any symptoms? If they say yes, they move them over to where they're going to be checked to see if they have the the virus. If they say no, they just let them go home, knowing that there's a 24-day incubation period. So some of these people got together and they're saying, listen, you guys better test us because we just might be sick. Uh, Starting, well, pretty much now, anybody in the United States that goes to a doctor or a hospital with flu-like symptoms is going to be tested for the Wuhan coronavirus. They're not telling you this. I have videos of China in the dark bulldozing thousands of body bags into a giant pit. Not just that. There was a worker, underground worker, who came across a cavern that had thousands and thousands of bodies in body bags stuffed in it. Let's see. The World Health Organization is requesting China explain to them how over 2,000 doctors were infected and died. You, You know, you have special protocols that you're supposed to be doing. Apparently, they weren't doing it. Um, there, you know, I, I got to tell you this, in, just in the data that I've come across, there's been a, at least a million people die so far in China. China is 100% in quarantine, unless you're rich. And then if you're rich, you can still fly in and out of China because the elite never gets sick, I, apparently, I, I guess. I don't know, but... W- you can go to any of the main airports and you'll see planes scheduled to land from China. This is not going to be a good thing. If this virus goes any further, uh, there's going to be some racial things happening here because everyone who's getting sick is Chinese. Now, any uh, Caucasian or Latino that gets ill apparently is only getting the sniffles or, or aches and pains like a normal flu. But I don't know because they're keeping us in the dark and they're not giving us all the data. So as it seeps out, I and people like me end up with this stuff. But I can tell you it's it's going to be a matter of self-preservation and self-defense that if it does turn out it's all Chinese that are carrying and all Chinese that are getting sick, people are going to start, they're going to start segregating the Chinese into in, in camps. And our military, do you remember when, when uh, Adolf Clinton was in power and, and he decided to decommission hundreds of military bases all, all over the United States? There were uh, about seven of them just around Central California area and that they did decommissioned. And I had um, one of my customers, I worked with uh, security with him, and I outfitted him with all of his equipment. His job was to guard these places 
as they were refitting them for some reason, and he didn't know what. So he just had his guys, you know, guarding the, the area, and nondescript white work vans with no plates on them and no tags at all would show up, and guys dressed in white would get out and they would do work on on these bases. And basically, he's and he had pictures, covert pictures. Every one of the bases had uh, eight foot cyclone fence already, except they added another three feet of Constantina wire. They also added gun turrets in all four corners of the base and one in the middle, or towers. See, it's just towers. You don't know if they're going to put guns on them or not. They're just big, tall towers. They also installed hardwired video equipment. So every area can be videoed and they can see exactly what's happening everywhere in there. And they also put metal bars on all of the windows of all of the buildings inside. And when they were done, they locked everything down and they left. So they did this all over the United States. Well, it turns out that the uh, military has so far put 11 of those back together and booted them up, and they're going to be quarantine camps. And these these bases are all near U.S. airports. So there's so far 11 quarantine camps that they're willing to tell us about in existence in the United States. And again, I have all the links to this. Now, one of the things, in fact, the thing that kills you in this virus is the fact that the virus causes lesions in your lungs and your kidneys. And these lesions, they end up bursting. Well, uh, if you remember a gentleman named Cliff High, he designed a, a, a spider, if you want to call it that, that would crawl all over the internet and gather up all kinds of neat information. And then he would create a report, which I used to read on my show. Well, he's got some information here about how to protect yourself. And I I, uh, I listened to it. I had to cut it down. I mean, I, I edited it quite a bit because he's, he's just uh, getting some information out real fast and doing a lot of superfluous blathering. So all I wanted was this information about a cytokine storm. The nature in, uh, of the virus is that it's going to strike young, healthy people. The reason this is has to do with how it kills you. Okay, and that is it kills you by using your own immune system against you in what's known as a cytokine storm. That is an overproduction of signaling molecules that trick the immune system of your body in such a way that it floods the mucus system of your lungs and you drown. You basically drown in your own fluids. There's a magnesium and a calcium component to it. It drain has tendency to drain fluids from the rest of the body in that last part of the cytokine storm. It tricks the inappropriately loaded control systems, including the thymus, into providing elements of your own demise. It's not like you're in a situation where you can say, I'm reasonably healthy, I don't get the flu, and, you know, my lungs are clear, you know, that kind of thing, right? But anyway, so it's not like you can say uh, that you're not going to get the flu if exposed simply because you're healthy, right? That, that's not going to work in this particular uh, case. There are things you can do, but you can stop cytokine storming. Way back in history, in the, in the 1920 Spanish influenzas, uh, influenza, we have uh, journals that, that are still holdovers, right? 
And so I've read a lot of these uh, just because of the nature of running across this medical library and not being interested in the medicine part and stumbling into that. But anyway, so we're going to be dealing with a situation where we're going to have potentially twice as many infected people overall and at a peak as did the Spanish influenza, which is probably going to mean that a lot of people are going to become caregivers and uh, they won't really be prepared for this, okay? And so a couple of things is that, you know, you got to take care of yourself in order to not get sick, and then you're going to have to know how to not pass it on to other people that aren't yet sick or shouldn't get sick, and we're going to have to go through all the hygiene issues and that sort of thing. So I'm not here to go through uh, the hygiene part of it, right? But I'm here to tell you how to deal with the aspect by which this virus seems to be killing the young adults. This is what's being reported out of China right now. And this is why we see the people collapse and grab their chests and keel over. They're actually beginning that process of having their lower lungs fill up with fluids as their body goes into this hyper-accelerated immune system response to, let's call it a bioweapon, the virus, okay? So really what's going to happen is that, let's, let's assume that it's somebody else, all right? So somebody you know is going to get this virus. You'll think it's the regular flu, or you'll hope. You'll go through all of that. In a really scary situation, you might be in a city. You might have a limited number of people that can help you out. And you might start seeing that your local hospitals and other urgent care facilities are starting to really fill up with lots of people that are reporting flu-like symptoms. Whether or not you will have your city, your news, even the freaked out conspiracy guys in your local area catch on that it's coronavirus and it's starting to sweep through your, your area before it actually dawns on you that you may have it, that's going to be really dependent on how paranoid and, and uh, nutso everybody gets. And I'm assuming we're all going to get pretty, pretty nutso. Okay, and so you're, you're in a situation where you're going to be ill and you're going to think you're going to need to go to the hospital. You can't tell if, the, if you've got coronavirus or just regular flu. Either case, you're not feeling well. And in either case, it's difficult to do things and it's difficult to think. One of the things you can do now that will aid you, even if it's just regular flu, and may save your life if you have coronavirus and, and were to go into cytokine storming, which that's dependent. Okay, so you could just be somebody that got sick in that 80% with the uh, coronavirus. And you go through two weeks of hell, lots of sniffles and all of that kind of crap at a huge level, and you survive, you're weak, you come out of it, you rebuild, you're stronger, you go on. Okay, but maybe 11 to 15% of the people won't come out of it. They're going to die. They're going to die because their lungs are going to react to their immune system. Now, you can get that dampened down and under control. Uh, you can avoid going into that. So there's two aspects of this. You can avoid a, a cytokine storm by having adequate levels of vitamin B6 in all of your cells. So especially those cells that are part of the immune system. So in order to get an adequate level of B6, you may have to flood your system with B for a while, except the niacin flush, take the homocystex to get uh, B6 in a very nice bio-available um, form along with B12, and just maintain your system with B6. If you have adequate levels of B6, you can't have a, a cytokine storm. No matter how much the triggers happen, your body won't respond because the B6 dampens down and destroys those triggers when they're inappropriately sent. 
If you don't have adequate levels of B6, which is most humans, especially in the winter, because B6 is, um, is related to effective vitamin D intake. And so if you're not getting effective vitamin D intake, the likelihood that you're getting enough B6 is also small. And so the B6 is something you really need to consider. And of course, take, you know, vitamin D3, etc., right? But the B6 in this case, you can also obtain B6 in sublingual and drops, okay, that are very fast acting. My suggestion is that perhaps if one were in a position where there might be a household of people around you, especially in a situation where maybe um, you might find yourself a caretaker under extreme circumstances, and I would suggest that this virus getting out of hand, which it already has, is extreme circumstances, then one may want to purchase very fast-acting forms of B6 should someone you have to care for start showing the signs of dying from a cytokine storm and their lungs filling up and all of that kind of crap, right? All right, so Cliff was talking about basically keep your nutritional aspect high. And he was talking about B6, B12. We have those here. We actually sell them at Survival Enterprises. The, they're called no-shot. They're sublinguals. B6, B12 balanced with folic acid. It's important to keep that into your system. And you don't just take it when and if you think you get sick. You take it every day, every day, every day. Uh, you just put a couple of them under your tongue. Now, if you're worried about it, you take them every two hours. I'm sorry, every four hours. Because that's generally uh, how often you burn out your B vitamins in your body. But he's right. And I, I, uh, I, I was listening to some other stuff, and I, and I heard that on him, uh, him do that. So I thought, well, you know what? I think everybody needs to hear this. You know, I have some more information. But the problem that I have is that I don't just... I don't talk about rumor unless I tell you this is rumor. And I don't talk about something that could be drastic unless I can prove it. And I have other data that I can't show you or tell you about because I have no verification of it. And I'm not MSNBC or ABC or CBS or any of the other communist news networks that that do that. I do want to interject something here. And this is based on all the data that I've accumulated in the past 20 years, and it's based on the 2005 defense minister lecture where he says China needs to use bioweapons to clean out America, and based on the data of the uh, bioweapons technology that has been occurring worldwide, more so in China than other places, I have come up with a, with a hypothesis, as it were, on the cause of this whole thing. See, Chinese communists, communist period, have very little respect for life. So if they're going to test a drug, they're going to use uh, people in the gulags there. They're going to use people in the, the uh, political prisoners. They're going, to, they're going to use their own people because, well, there's so many of them. Who, who's going to miss a few thousand? So they want to test to see if the ability of this this modified virus will function DNA specifically. So they need to create the virus so that it specifically attacks Chinese DNA. And they do. They design this virus and then they start testing it on some of their inmates, prisoners, what have you. And it, somebody escaped. Somehow it got out into the general population. 
And because of the virility of this, you see what, what it's gone to. You see where it is. Now it's worldwide. And I see it only affecting lethally Chinese. The idea was to test the ability of the scientists in China to create a DNA-specific virus. And if it was uh, functional enough as a weapon, then they can redesign it with Caucasian or Latino uh, uh, DNA. And then they would simply release it as a weapon. But unfortunately, like I said, it got into the general population, and now you see what's going on. I don't know if we're ever going to see the reality of it, the, the truth of it. Uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Nobody knows what's going to happen. All I can do is base what I'm saying on the statistical probability of this not getting better, but getting worse. And just because we're not Chinese or you're not Chinese doesn't mean we're not going to be affected. We are going to be affected economically. We're going to be affected uh, be dangerous. It's going to be dangerous out here in, in China itself. There are riots. There are murders. There are there's you name everything that is bad, and the Chinese people unfortunately have never been raised with a true concept of morals because they're communists. Communists do not have the same morals and beliefs in sanctity of life and responsibility and and uh, uh, trust that Americans or even Europeans for that matter have been raised with so they will without hesitation infect other people as as I showed uh, by the report on men and women in China spreading the disease on purpose we, we don't know why they're doing that we don't know are they doing it by because they're psychotic or are they doing because they get paid by the Communist Party we don't know. We're not, we're not going to know. So this is going to affect us one way or the other. Economically, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Stuff is running, running out as I speak. Uh, I bought a set of tires for my car. I got them online. And when I contacted the guy and said, "How can I get another set of these? He goes, no, the, the, uh, my delivery didn't come. Well, it isn't coming. We had a guy who does... Uh, he does work painting. He paints cars. Now, he wears a full hazmat suit, but there are certain filters that he puts on this suit that he has to replace every car he, every car he paints. He has to replace these two filters. And those two filters are no longer available for him. Anything that's, that resembles medical supplies is being kept in China or not even manufactured. So, this thing, this virus, viral thing, I'm telling you again, every single one of you listening to me right now, get food, get the items that you think that you're going to need, toilet paper, feminine hygiene stuff, nutritional products, get everything that you think you're going to need and get it as soon as possible. It's not going to hurt you to do that anyway. My wife just went to Costco and bought three cases of the toilet paper. Yeah. You know, who knows? I'll go through it. Mainly because I'm so full of crap anyway. But uh, the, so it's not going to hurt me. You know, right? I'll just put it, put it down in the basement somewhere. If I have to, I can sleep on it even. But get what you can and get it as soon as you can because 
this virus thing, even if it doesn't come into America, like the CDC thinks it's going to, even if it doesn't, it's going to affect us because, sadly enough, China controls about 75% of all products that are sold in the United States. And if they're not producing, we're not going to be getting this stuff to sell. So let's get into Islam. Let's see. We have, uh, you know, we have some, some racist Muslims that are in the, the Congress of the United States. Talib and Omar are two of them. And, uh, you know, we had, we had the State of the Union uh, from Trump. And, and he was, uh, you know, he's telling everybody about what he's done and what he's going to do. And, and these two Muslims were busy holding each other's hands because, because there were too many triggering moments at Trump's State of the Union speech. And finally, when they had enough, they left. They couldn't handle it anymore. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, the one psychotic Muslim from Minnesota, Omar, she says that all U.S. citizens de- deserve the same GI Bill that the military and soldiers get when they route out of the service. So all of the U.S. citizens should get the same same benefits that the GIs get. Yeah, that ain't going to happen. Let's see. Talab, Talab, Tislab, whatever, however you want to put it, uh, the other one was uh, doing a at, a at a seminar uh, for anti-Semitism. See, they play these games. The Muslims say people have are so full of hate and anti-Semitism, and then they push the fact that people don't like Muslims. Has nothing to do with that. Has nothing to do with Jews either. But that's what the, the, the word seems to have been perverted to mean. So anyway, there happened to be a Jew at this guy, at this place. And it was a, a former Democratic, uh, Democratic, I'm sorry, Democrat congressman from California. And he was listening to it. And he was, he was asking her a few questions about her, her seem anti-Semitism. And he got arrested and dragged out of there. Did you, can you believe that? They just pulled him out. Well, let's see. There's a, an article here. There is an organization within the United States. One of It's called CARE, C-A-I-R. Council on American Islamic Relations. There are no American Islamic relations. There are racist relations there are terrorist relations with muslims but they are care is a known uh, terrorist organization and they're going after ministers throughout the united states who talk about uh, islam and who talk about muslims well, especially in the state of Minnesota, which you don't want to do because Minnesota is no longer part of the American, uh, const- part of the constitutional America. It is now belongs to Muslims. The attorney general there is a Muslim. Almost everyone on the, on the Congress and Senate are Muslims. The cities have been taken over by Muslims. Well, there's another thing, and you're going to see this popping up. There's something known as the... Uh, Mayor's Compact, and this is a organization of mayors. And when you hear them say that, this is a mayor's organization, Mayor's Compact. And it's, it's a mayor's compact to combat hate, extremism, and bigotry. 
that is a UN ADL created agency, Anti Defamation League, Anti Defamation League. This is a, a compact, an agreement to basically violate everything that has to do with the U.S. Constitution. You, this guy explains it a lot better than I can. The Mayor's Compact Fighting Hate and Bigotry is a grassroots initiative created by the Anti-Defamation League to combat intolerance or animus feelings towards Muslims and Jews. The Compact has strong language towards hate and bigotry, which is protected under the United States Constitution. The Compact reaches outside its boundaries to include hate speech, which clearly violates the First Amendment of free speech. Over 300 mayors nationally signed on to this agreement between the United States Conference of Mayors and the Anti-Defamation League to stop hate and bigotry against Muslims, Jews, and minorities, but fails to mention Christians. The agreement addresses hate groups, primarily white supremacists. The Mayor's Compact is riding the shirt tails of the United Nations Resolutions 1618 blasphemy laws towards Muslims. The United States Constitution becomes an obstacle in the advancement of the UN Resolution 1618 and the International Human Rights Commission when Hillary Clinton tried to implement blasphemy laws in the United States by the advice of the Organization of Islamic Corporation, OIC. In 2011, Hillary Clinton met with the OIC Secretary General in a three-day closed-door meeting to express her concerns towards international blaspheme laws and American laws. Clinton caved and proceeded to advance the UN Agenda 1618 onto the United States of America. The First Amendment of free speech falls under attack by the OIC, 57 Muslim member states voting as a block for the advancement of Sharia law, who in 2007 afforded Islam the same rights as an individual. In 2015, leaders got on board and introduced House Resolution 569, blasphemy laws against Muslims resembling United Nations Resolution 1618. This resolution was received with wide support from the likes of Minnesota's new Attorney General, Muslim terror tide Keith Ellison, and Sanctuary State new Governor Tim Walz. But the resolution failed because it focused solely on intolerance towards Muslims, which, by the way, are being used as the new political battering ram to upend American sovereignty. In 2017, the Senate expanded its intolerance list and introduced Section Resolution 118, adding Jews and minorities to share the spotlight with Islam. Christians, again, failed to be included. Resolution 118 was introduced by Kamalia Harris. Co-sponsors were Mark Rubio, Susan Collins, Diane Feinstein, and on April 4th, the resolution passed and was sent to the House of Representatives. The United States very well could lose their expression of free speech if passed. The resolution was drafted by a Muslim organization, EMGAGUSA, formerly Emerge USA, and the Muslim Public Affairs Council, the MPAC, which is the acronym. 
politicians and civic leaders who cater to the Islamic religion are fighting an uphill battle to pass such high demands by Islamic groups and anti-blasphemy laws. As strange as it may be, with totally different beliefs such as Islam and ADL are working in solidarity as they write resolutions and the mayor's compact. Mayors and politicians sign in good faith without investigating where these ideas originate and the consequence affecting our liberties. Mayors bypassed legislation and went right to the people to implement international laws. Although the Mayor's Compact is an agreement, it is not law in America. People fail to read the Constitution and believe it to be the supreme law of the land. Mayors from across the country signed the Mayor's Compact to combat hate, extremism, and bigotry. In other words, the law. The effort is led by the Anti-Defamation League and the U.S. Conference of Mayors. The Mayor's Compact has 10 key components. Number one, expressly rejecting extremism, white supremacy, and all forms of bigotry. America, this is a wordplay. They're at war with the U.S. Constitution and they're equating hate to that of law. Number two, denouncing all acts of hate, again, wherever they may occur. Number three, ensuring public safety while protecting free speech and other basic constitutional rights. Number four, calling for fully resourced law enforcement and civil rights investigations of domestic terrorism and hate crimes. Keep in mind, America, the DHS has already defined Americans as terrorists. Number five, Elevating and prioritizing anti-bias and anti-hate programs in our nation's schools. In other words, teach the young people in public schools that the laws that have sustained this country for 242 years are now obsolete and irrelevant. Number six, supporting targeted communities and bringing together civic and community leaders to build trust. Number seven, celebrating diversity, promoting inclusivity, and challenging bias. Number eight, promoting law enforcement, training on responding to and reporting, again, hate incidents, hate crimes, and domestic terrorism. Friends, this is all aimed at Americans. Number nine, encouraging residents in their communities to report hate incidents and crimes, including using hotlines and online tools. Number 10, maintaining civil rights enforcement and strengthening hate crime laws when necessary. The conclusion? As you can see, the direction of focus is on whites or white supremacy and no other race, color, or religion in that of Christianity. There has been one other time in history that this type of motive occurred, and that was under the Hitler regime when children were outed by their parents. So this is being pushed by all the communists in the United States and the ADL. And just to let you guys know, I'm going to uh, talk about the uh, Anti-Defamation League next week. I've got some data on it that you're going to want to know. All right, let's see. The Air Force, the U.S. Air Force, if you can believe this. Well, why not? West Point's gone all pervert, so the Air Force might as well go wackadoodle also. Um, The Air Force is going to allow habibs, hijabs, turbans, decorated beards, just whatever. Just say, this is my religion. And if you want to have 47 rings, P, 
pierce through your ears and a bone in your nose, the Air Force is going to allow it as long as you can show that somehow, somehow, that's uh, part of your religion. You know, uh, London a stand. Uh, it used to be London, but now it's owned by the Muslims. It's, it's controlled by Muslims. It's run by Muslims. The mayor is a Muslim. He he had a uh, he had a contest called diversity in advertising. Diversity in advertising. So the winner was a black woman who made uh, sold something called Nubian skin, and. I have no idea what it was because I didn't look at the what she was. But she won the award for diversity in advertising, and it, it, all of her advertising feature, features features uh, no white people, no Asian people, no Latino people, only black or Muslims. And so she won the award for diversity in advertising. Did you know? You know, the U.N. is made up of 124 countries. Now, I could be wrong, give or take 10 or so. 94 of them are Muslim. 94 of these countries are Muslim. Guess which countries still have slavery in them? Well, you guessed it? Oh, yes, those 94. Okay, you know Target. Target is a very liberal company. I, no, I don't know if I want to use the term liberal. More like socialist com- company. They uh, they've kicked out the the Salvation Army bell ringers. Uh, they changed their bathrooms to be inclusive. So I don't care what you are, male, female, switch hitter, you know, whatever can go in there. And what happens is at least once a month, something on the news about some man goes in there and starts filming. The in the dressing room or in the bathroom and he gets caught. Well, that happened again. Now, I'm going to have a link to the American Family Radio Network, the the uh, AFA, which is, uh, it's afa.net, and they're boycotting Target because of this perversion. Target allows men in the, or women or boys and children or transvestites or anything Whatever you want to think you are or what have you can go into the same bathroom. So you can go and sign this, this, um, what is it? This is a boycott pledge. Now, the first time they started this was a couple years ago. AFA started this a couple years ago, this boycott pledge. And they took all the signatures and they took them to Target. And the Target said, so what? We rather cater to 0.01% of the population than the rest of the population. We don't care about you. All we care about is perversion. They lost 13% on their stock uh, value. So you can go there and you can you can uh, sign up for this this uh, pledge. Uh, let's see. Now we're obviously we're in the the, the uh, <laughs> we're under liberal psychosis. This is the party of racism, intolerance, anger, hate, fear, and perversion. Obviously. So in the UK, here's this man. He's been married for many 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 years. Uh, and and uh, nobody cares, you know. Twenty seven years, nobody cares, and then he decides that he's that he's a sexual pervert. I'm I'm a homosexual, so all of a sudden, every media in the UK is on this guy. Oh, look how great and brave he is to come out and and tell the world that he's a pervert. In fact, the London Times, you know, my mom stayed home. Uh, she washed and ironed and, and cleaned the house and, and raised uh, uh, us kids. 
Not all the time, you, you know. But women like her. London Times says embracing traditional gender roles is a form of ISIS-style extremism. So if you want to be, if you want to be like the uh, the the old school woman, uh, you know, mother, stay home, raise your kids, you're in charge of the house, that kind of thing. Well, you're you're um, you're suffering from ISIS extremism. All right, now we're going into government threat. This is just insulting and disgusting. And it's, it's, uh, I've seen four or five articles just exactly like this. 24 U.S. Marines in uh, Southern California discharge for smuggling and drug-related charges. See, the, the gangs really hit the Marines down south in Southern California. You've got over half of the Marines in boot camp or in training bases down there are Latinos. And they just go to them and say, you know what? I mean, both of these things, okay? One, you know what? I know where your family lives, down in Guadalajara. You want to see him again? You're going to carry this box. Just put it in your car and deliver it somewhere for us. Or they say, hey, all you got to do is carry this box, deliver it somewhere for us, and we'll give you $1,000 every time you do. How's that? And these guys are doing it. They have no morals. They, they're not. They're not trained. They're no longer trained to be ethical, moral human beings. It used to be an honor to be a U.S. Marine. Not anymore. Just a job. Now here's some an article that really made a whole bunch of us conspiracy theorists go, "Yep, I knew it." The CIA bought into a company called Crypto AG uh, in World War II. This is a Swiss firm, but the CIA actually owned it. They made millions of dollars selling encryption equipment to over 120 countries into the 21st century. The clients included Iran, Latin America, India, Pakistan, the Vatican, Oh, there's more. I mean, 120 countries keep going. It was owned by the CIA. So the CIA was creating equipment for them with a back door so the CIA could read everything and hear everything that was being said and done. So I just thought, of, and that, see, the thing is, is I say this little thing, there's going to be a link on it. You can do your own research and you listen to it and, and figure out all, all the things that, that I didn't get a chance to say. All right, now we're getting into the category called Trump. Well, so we had this guy that decided to drive into a a, uh, a tent uh, where a bunch of people were doing voter registration, and they were using uh, wearing Trump hats. So this guy drives into this tent and says, uh, when he's caught afterwards, now nobody got hurt. Thank God the guy was incompetent, like most liberals. He said uh, somebody had to make a stand. Against Trump, somebody had to make a stand. So his stand was driving his van into a tent loaded with people who, thank God, were not harmed. Now, Trump is going to do pull us out of another agreement, which is stupid moronic. Now, the UN has this thing called the uh, Arms Trade Treaty. And basically, it's a backdoor attempt by the communists at the UN to uh, control the, the manufacturing and sales of small arms, rifles, handguns, shotguns, 
in all cities. Now, every all the countries in the UN, except China and Russia, signed it, and it uh, Trump's pulling us out of it. This is a astoundingly stupid anti-firearm regulation, and of course, you know you've got you got Bush and you got the, the abomination and Adolf Clinton, and they all signed go on for it. They all signed it. Well, Trump said, uh, that's ridiculous. That's a violation, direct violation of the Constitution of the United States. So uh, I'm pulling us out of it. And I thought that was pretty good. Trump was out and about. And one of the uh, fake news guys, whoever it was, I don't even know who it was, said to him, what did you learn from the impeachment? The Republicans have said they hoped you would learn a lesson from impeachment. What lesson did you learn from impeachment? Uh, That the Democrats are crooked. They've got a lot of crooked things going. That they're vicious. uh, That uh, they shouldn't have brought impeachment. And that my poll numbers are 10 points higher because of fake news like NBC, which reports the news very inaccurately, probably more inaccurately than CNN, if that's possible. MSDNC. Okay, enough of the news. Now I want to finish up what uh, what I was talking about last week, the uh, candles. Now, I didn't get to mention a few things, and a lot of you already know all of this stuff. When you, when you melt wax, you don't just stick wax in a pot and put it on the stove. It, and it's, it's safer to use an electric stove than it is a gas stove, but it's, it's okay. You can do that. The way I did it was this. I had I use what's called a double boiler. I would have like a four quart pot. Now all of the equipment that I used to make candles with uh, was not the same things I used to cook with because I knew I was going to screw them up and make them dirty and you know all of that. So I would use a four quart saucepan, a wide one, and I fill that half full of water. And then what I did, and you don't have to do this. Then I took a smaller pan, and this is the pan that I was going to put the the uh, wax in to melt now i took a tin plate i put it upside down in the big pan and i set the smaller pan on top of it and the purpose behind all of this is i didn't want to overheat the pan that i was melting the wax in so there's different ways to do it after a while i went and bought a uh, cast iron trivet and it was about eight inches in diameter. It had four little tiny one-inch legs on it. And I set that in the bottom of the first pan and set the melting pan on top of it. And then you keep the temperature low. You don't need a high temperature. Your, your temperature doesn't need to be maybe 170 degrees, 160 degrees. I, I, I don't know. It just depends on the wax that you're going to melt. So it's called a double boiler technique. It's the same thing you use when you're melting chocolate so you don't burn it. And it's more for a safety feature. But if you can imagine... See, a wick will just kind of burn a little bit. But if the wick is waxed, well, that wax will aid in its burning and make it brighter and longer. Same thing happens to your stove. If you dip, if you drip wax on the stove, if you tip it over, if you get wax on the outside of your pot and it, the flame hits it, it's going to burn nice and bright. And that leads me to another thing. I had two fire extinguishers, one on each side of the kitchen. I also had... Uh, it was a one-gallon coffee can full of baking soda and a little scoop inside of there. You know, in an emergency, you can put fires out with a baking soda. And so that's why I had that stuff there. I was always prepared, always prepared. Uh, Okay, now for dipping, I would have where I melted the wax, I would have a deep pot. 
and my pot was about a foot and a half deep. And it went on top of that water pot, pot, the double boiler. So I had a longer, deeper pot. It was about eight inches in diameter and about a foot and a half tall. And I think it was aluminum. Oh, there's another. And then I had a, a, a pot. I had a, another pot that was, if I can recall this, it was about a two quarts and it had a spout on the left-hand side of it. So you could melt the wax, and you could pick this thing up, and you could pour it into, into a container. I used that for my container candles whenever I made them. Oh, by the way, I've been asked, how, do I hold, how did I hold my wick down in a container candle? And for that matter, same way I did when I uh, dipped candles. Some places tell you to tie it onto a washer. Some people tell you to put a nut on the end of it because you got to weigh the wick down, okay? Well, I uh, ended up with about 50 pounds of split shot uh, from a guy at a yard sale who did a lot of fishing, and he had these, these things were about the size of a pea, so they're larger size split shot, and it's lead. And what you do is you put this shot around your fishing line, and you squeeze it with a pair of pliers, and there's the weight. So I decided, you know what, I'll just use this on my candles. So I used that split shot on the bottom of my wick and squeezed it, and that gave it the weight to hold it down. The the uh, uh, chemical that you use to harden your wax is called steric acid. And it, you can, if you go to my, if you go to armchairsurvivalist.com, on the left-hand side of the page, you see the show notes. Click on that. Go to last week's show. And I have links to different uh, candle supply houses. And they have all of this stuff. You don't have to buy all your equipment at candle supply house. But you can get ideas there of what you want to use and what you want to do. Because you can make candles any color you want. You can make colors any smell you want. And you can make candles hard or normal. So that's up to you. You get to figure all this stuff out. And I was told by a, a good listener of mine, a friend of mine, and I forgot, I didn't tell you this, on all of my Coleman lanterns, all of my pressurized lanterns, I have spare mantles taped to the bottom of the can, to the bottom of the, of the, uh, of the, the what do they call the font or the, the fuel part. So the lantern, all of my lanterns have spare mantles taped underneath. Now, obviously, the dead flame lanterns, the kerosene liners, you don't tape a wick to them. You just have to, you know, you ought to see my wicks. I have a box that has 50 feet in a roll, and you can buy wicks in a roll, like on eBay. And I have a roll of tubular wicks, which are the real thin, round ones, about the diameter of a pencil, and then quarter-inch wick, flat wick, half-inch, three-quarter-inch, and one-inch. And that's, I have enough of that to last me the rest of my life. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, and by the way, on lanterns, on the kerosene, uh, on the uh, cold blast or or hot blast lanterns, like the Dietz lanterns, you will notice. In fact, if you go into Walmart right now and you look at any of the lanterns they have in there, you'll see the same thing. You see on the side, you have the at the bottom, you have what's called a font or the the fuel reservoir, and there are tubes coming up from this each side and you look at that you go well those aren't aren't sealed they're not supposed to be uh, they draw air in 
and there's little holes there that and you'll see it if you go and look if you tip the lantern sideways you're probably going to pour fuel out of it and that's standard procedure for all lanterns unless they were manufactured with a double uh, canister inside you would have the normal what you see outside and then it'd be a little bit smaller canister inside which helped you not spill the fuel so if you have a lantern and you move it around you go all the damn things leaking fuel first off you have it filled too high and second off they're not designed to be waved around or tipped they're designed to be set in one spot and pretty much left there unless you have to go to the outhouse and you pick it up and you carry it carefully outside so just be careful of those uh, of the lanterns with the the fuel in them they're made to uh, breathe and uh, it can cause a fire and old lady leary in chicago knew all about that years ago all right i'm going to be doing some shows on security both your house security common sense security when you leave the house security business security all of that stuff because it's it's uh, it's getting worse and worse i and i know you've seen this as well people are becoming more and more incompetent and more and more complacent i was at a gun show and there was a booth there by the police department trying to educate people into doing something that most people don't even comprehend doing which is called lock your house and lock your car it's a big thing up here Uh, what they call property crimes people will simply walk into your house because people don't block the doors they don't lock the doors they walk in your house steal stuff and uh, leave and you get home and you don't even notice it for a week and then you go what happened to my jewelry box well you left your door unlocked the lady behind us had her pistol and $60 taken out of her car which she parks on the street which she leaves the windows down in the summer and she never locks I hate it whenever somebody up here says I never lock my house I never lock my car it's like they're saying hi I'm an idiot I'm an idiot since I was born my mother locked the car locked the house I I don't understand there's something called Murphy's Law and I hear this I have heard this my whole life well that's never happened to me before like the girl we had a girl in high school always wore never wore a bra always wore a see-through blouse always wore short shirt microskirts and she she uh, she went to the mall in Sacra- in uh, Sacramento, uh, one of the places, their Florin Mall, and she has a convertible. So she went in the mall. She was in there for an hour. She comes out, and she parks her car all the way out because she doesn't want it to get scratched. It's a beautiful, it was a beautiful Buick LeSabre red convertible. She puts her bags in the back seat. Some guy runs out and rapes her. So, and then he runs off. So she goes back inside and she tells the security, I just got raped out in a parking lot. And he goes, all right, I'll, I'll meet you. I'll meet you out there. I'll, I'll bring the truck and meet you out there. She goes back out there. The guy rapes her again. And then security pulls up. And, it, and she, the first words out of her mouth was, well, that's never happened to me before. It's like, okay, so it never happened before. Well, you were set up for it. You were ready for it. You were advertising for it. And that's what happened. And this like, when I was... A lot younger and a lot meaner 
I used to go to Oakland, California, and uh, me and a friend would go into a bar, act like we're getting drunk, and flash $100 bills around, and then leave through the back door and walk through dark alleys. We were looking for trouble. No question about that. (laughs) And we found it numerous times. But uh, we knew what was going to happen because we were set up for it. You know, you're going to catch the fish that you that you have that you use the bait for. If you're going to use stinky, rotten clams, you're going to catch catfish. You know, if you, if you use uh, fish eggs, you're going to catch trout. So you use the right bait to catch whatever you're fishing for, and that's what happens. And people don't understand that; they can't grasp that concept, and that's what's happening. I could not believe that they, the the police actually had to teach people to lock their damn vehicles and have the basic concept of security. So let's get into it. Common sense security. This is the, a simple thing. These are simple things. These are common sense. And and I guarantee you, there's going to be a lot of you out there going, I don't, I don't have to do that. I, we're safe here. I never have to lock my car. Why, I can always pull up in front of the 7-Eleven in the morning when I get my coffee and leave the car running to keep it warm. Don't do that. That's called stupid. Especially if you leave your keys in the ignition. I, I, I've left my keys in my ignition of my vehicles half a dozen times. Fortunately, each time, my vehicle is parked in a closed garage. <laughs> okay, so uh, don't leave your windows down. In the summer, yes, you, got, you want to have your windows down. Now, there's things you can do. You want to leave your windows down? You go buy what's called vent visors. These are little strips of, of uh, bulbous plastic that you adhere to the side of your door that cut, pull, come down about two inches to where you can open your window and nobody can tell. So you can allow to have air venting in your vehicle. Otherwise, you leave, you roll your window down and you park it somewhere, people can get into it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. It's not that hard. Coat hanger does it. Don't, and do yourself a favor, don't get any of those little magnetic key holders that, you know, where you put a key in and you hide it under your fender or something like that. Well, first off, not many cars have enough steel to a magnet to go against. But that's standard operating procedure. The first thing you, a, a criminal is going to do, run his hand around your bumper, run your hand around the fender wells, all four sides I've done it the guy the kid next door went to college in Mexico parked his car in front of my house and after he was out there for a week I went next door to the to the wife there and, and his mother and I said what did he do parking his car there well we can't move it we don't know where the key is oh let me see what I can do took me 30 seconds the kid had a spare key in one of those little magnetic boxes uh, let's never leave your purse or wallet on the car seat, even when you're driving. I guess and when you're driving, you kind of can if you cover it with something. Because what happens is some of these criminals will drive alongside of people and they will look down and they will see a purse or they'll see something in in the seat. And they'll make a note of that and they'll follow you. See, that's bad enough. What's worse than that is when you go to a place like a gas station. And it says, please pay inside. So all you want is $20 worth of gas. So you take out your purse, take out your wallet, take out 20 bucks, put your wallet back in your purse, set your purse on the driver's seat, close and lock the door and go inside. 
Takes two seconds to crowbar the window, break it, steal your purse. So don't leave anything of value sitting on the seats. And that's important. Don't leave anything of value where it can be viewed. When I was a kid, we'd go to high school, you'd see rifles and shotguns hanging in the back window. Well, that was then. Now, you don't do that. Well, first off, they'll call the Department of Homeland Security on you. And second off, it'll get stolen. Don't move valuable items in view of other people. Um, Like a guy comes out of Wilson's Leather, and it's a leather company in California. And he's got $20,000 worth of leather fringe jackets. Walks up to his car, opens the trunk, puts them all in there. Well, they're safe. They're safe in there, see. They're safe. It's theoretically. So he goes back into the mall, comes out 15 minutes later, somebody's popped his trunk and taken everything. Crowbar is a magical instrument, let me tell you. Another thing not to do is to leave your registration in a common place. Years ago, there used to be this steering column. You'd take a a, a little spring-loaded plate or a spring-loaded envelope, put your registration in that and, and wrap it around your steering wheel so it's easy to get to. No, don't do that anymore. A lot of people will put it in a glove box. But what happens is somebody breaks in your car they're going to get that registration. That is one of the things that they will steal. Then they know where you live. And they can break into your home whenever they want. So just be careful. And never, never, never leave anything of value in your car overnight unless the the car is secured. By secured, I mean within a security perimeter, like a garage or or a building or something like that. Because it, it happens all the time up here. It's so quick to pop a car door. In fact, let's say uh, 1997 Lexus. How do you open the car door? Go on YouTube. Guess what? It's right there without the key. Don't leave your purse, your wallet, your guns. Definitely don't leave your guns. Personal information. Don't leave anything like that. Every month, there's a new article that comes out that I get a briefing from the Department of Homeland Security talking about how another security company had a independent uh, contractor's laptop stolen out of his car, which had the names of 2.9 million people on it and their addresses and blah, blah, blah. So don't leave things that, you, you know, just be careful. And the other thing is don't leave an animal in a car. Don't don't leave an animal, don't leave a child in the vehicle, especially if it's hot or cold. In Idaho, it's actually a felony if you leave an animal in, uh, in your car during the summer. In the middle of winter, now dig this, we went to the casino in Spokane. And as we're walking out, I'm hearing, yip, 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 you know, these little doggies. And I'm like, what the hell? It's uh, eight degrees. Eight degrees. And there was a Cadillac there with two little yipper dogs. I don't know what the hell they were. They were the size of my foot. They were in there barking at everyone. It's eight degrees. So I went back inside and I got a hold of security and I said, uh, make an announcement that that person needs to come out and handle the dogs right now. 
So they made an, a, a politically correct announcement. And after about five minutes, this, this guy, about 60 years old, looked like trailer trash, comes walking out. And I said, what do you do? You, I said, dude, those dogs can freeze to death. He goes, what business is it of yours? I said, well, you know, it's, it's everybody's business, especially when somebody is as stupid as you, can, you are and can't take care of things around them like they should. And the security guard just smiled because he, he can't say stuff like that. But I can. I'm 6'2", 260 pounds, and I have no sense of humor. Sometimes. So bottom line about your common sense security for a car, don't be an idiot. It's that simple. And your purse. Now, I'll tell you what. My wife gets off all over these women that do this stuff. Never leave your unattended shopping cart with your purse sitting in there. We're, we're at Costco. And there is a basket with a purse open and the wallet there. And you can see bills in it. And there's nobody around. And I look both sides. There's nobody around. Finally, my wife's getting ready to move the cart. And she's pushing the cart down to the end of the the row. And she's going to take it over to customer service. And this woman comes rushing up and goes, that's my cart. My wife goes... That was a stupid thing to do to walk away and leave your purse there. You didn't, we didn't even nice about it. You know, I'm not, I'm no longer nice to idiots. Maybe if they're a child or somebody who is mentally handicapped like a Democrat, then I'll be nice to them when they're stupid. But, you know, uh, never set down your purse. Keep it in your lap. The smaller, the better. In many countries, they warn you, do not carry your purse with shoulder straps. Carry it in your hand. I don't know. I just Velcro it to me. Never allow cash to be viewed by others. I met one a, a casino years ago, and here's this woman sitting at this dollar machine. She has a thousand dollars in her left hand, and she's feeding one hundred dollars at a time in the machine. And I stop and I and I tell her that, I said, "Ma'am, that is that is a very dangerous thing to do because there's criminals in here that are walking around looking for people like you holding money in their hand." And she just she looked at me. She goes, "Oh my God, I never thought of that." And put it away. That was that was smart. Uh, here's something, and I don't understand. I don't understand. I I have seen this. I, I was at a train station, and this woman and her luggage and her purse and all this, and she had it sitting in, a, in on her bench, and she had to go to the bathroom. So she asked the stranger next to her, "Can you please wash watch my stuff while I go to the bathroom?" And, and and the woman goes, oh, yes, I'll, I'll watch it. Now, I'm sitting across from them. Criminals rely on complacency in others. And they rely on people not wanting to get involved. So as soon as this woman got into the bathroom, this other woman reached over, picked up the purse, grabbed the, the uh, suitcase, and started to walk out with it. And I stopped her. I said, set it down. She did. And then I said, now leave. And she did. And as soon as that other woman come out of there, I ripped her a new one. And then I went to security and told her what I saw. All right. Shopping, restaurant. Eh, We already covered that a little bit. Never leave your car unlocked. I don't care where you are, who you are, what you think. Never leave it unlocked. Never leave anything of value in view. Now also, if towing a trailer, like you're moving or something, always, always have a good lock on the back door. I've seen so many U-Haul trailers in my years. I've driven millions of miles 
We used to do three gun shows a, a month, and that was for 25 years. Because I was a master gunsmith, and we traveled around, and I saw I saw some things that would just blow your mind. People would have everything they owned in the back of a U-Haul trailer and no lock on it. Or they might put a piece of wire on it to t- keep it closed. And the other part of it, on your hitch. Always have a lock on your hitch. See, there's, they, they can either get in from the back and steal everything, or they simply just unhitch it, swing it around, and hook it to their truck and drive off. I've seen them all. I've seen all that happen. So make sure the back is locked. Make sure you've got a lock on your hitch so it can't be unscrewed and taken away. Now, let's say you're traveling. You're driving along, and you want to stop at a gas station, or you want to stop at a store or something like that, and you see bums out there. Uh, begging, just bums, sit leaning against the building, out in the parking lot, talking to the to people, begging from them. Don't just pretend it's not going on. Don't just ignore them. Tell the management immediately because they are responsible for this. Uh, Salt Lake City is bad for it. We came through Salt Lake City about ten years ago, and it was a, a AM PM. Then we stopped there, and I was getting gas. There were six people out front of the building and there were dozens on both sides of the building they were like living there and i went inside i was it said please pay before pumping so i went inside and i, I asked the manager i said what the hell's going on out here oh well it's a new law we're not allowed to uh, chase them off for loitering i said what yeah we sell we sell alcohol and cigarettes and stuff so uh, according to the city government they have the right to be here and I said, well, you know what? I'm not buying anything from you because I'm I'm afraid for my wife and son. So I just got in the car and left. But you have a right to feel safe. You have that right, always. Like we have a Walmart up here. And there are these bums have routes they travel all through the United States, depending on the weather and how easy pickings are. Walmarts are perfect places for these bums. And they will stand outside, and they'll have a sign that says, A vet, please help. Ran out of gas. Every one of these is BS. Especially when you see the one, Run out of gas, need to feed my child, blah, blah, blah. That's phony as hell. And you'll see that same exact sign 30 miles away in Spokane in a week. You just go to the management, tell them to get them, get them off of your property, and they will. Now, when you're in, when you go into a restaurant... And you have a, a purse, a backpack, a suitcase, a briefcase. Never leave them unattended. Never leave them. Never put them to your side. Put them under your feet, under your legs. Lean against them. Put them next to you on, on your seat. Keep control of them. These, these criminals need nothing more than a millisecond of your attention to go elsewhere. And they'll take your stuff. And you'll be, you, that's it. You'll never get them back. It's that quick. I, I've been in many countries and I've watched it happen. Now, when you're in a restaurant also, you know how you go in there, you're having dinner. So the, the waitress comes over, lays a little black the thing down near the bill. You open it up and you see how much it is and you slip your credit card in there and she takes it and walks off. Watch her. Never let your credit card get out of sight. Because they will take a picture of it with their cell phone, both sides of it. So they not only have the credit card number, but the CVC code on the other side, and they have your name and the expiration date. Be very aware of that. This happens a thousand times a day in the United States alone. 
So no matter where you are, if they take your credit card out of your site, tell them no. I don't want my credit card out of my site. You just simply say that. I want it where I can see it at all times. I want to be able to control what happens to it. Or you can just come right out and say, I just want to make sure that it doesn't get copied accidentally, okay? Yeah, that's really important that you do that. Oh, and here's something else. Just as an aside to this whole thing on restaurants, never let your children run wild. And if I if I have to say that and any of you go, how do you know? Well, that means that you do it. You do not have the right to inflict your poor parenting on everyone around you. You don't let your kids run wild. Teach them discipline. You don't let them scream and yell and holler. See, there's, and there's other reasons than that. It's, there's other reasons besides you might piss off everyone around you. I saw a guy pull a gun on a man and woman who had two two-year-olds that all they did was fake cry for 30 minutes while these parents, these idiots, were eating. And the kids were just sitting there going, meh, meh. Some guy walked by them on the way out after he'd had dinner, and he said, you know, you guys are piss poor. You, you need to, he said something to that, you're piss poor something or other, and the man flipped him off, the parent. The guy turned around and had a pistol in his hand, stuck it in the guy's face. He said, you know, maybe you don't want to be a parent anymore. Is that it? The guy just froze, and the guy with the gun put it back in his pocket and walked out. The kid shut up right then, I can tell you that. Now, let's talk a little bit about your house or your apartment. Now, when you leave, now, the, years ago, I used to be told, when you leave your house, open all your curtains so everybody can see if somebody strange is in the house. Well, that's that, that was great maybe years ago when people gave a damn about each other. Now they don't. So my suggestion is close all your curtains. Close everything. Because if you leave your curtains open, then people on the street know what you have in your house. Guy next door to me leaves his curtains open all the time when he's left, when he's gone. And he had a 65-inch flat-screen TV on the wall. Well, the police were there one day. And after they left, I asked him, I said, what happened? Is everything okay? And he goes, oh, somebody came in and stole my uh, my TV. He's one of those guys that I never lock my door. And he doesn't. He does now. So always lock your doors. When you walk in your house, lock your door behind you. When you leave your house, lock your door. Lock your door on your sheds. Lock your back door. Lock your front door. Don't leave a door unlocked. 75% of criminals enter a house through an open door or window. This is not rocket science, ladies and gentlemen. This is common sense. Lock your doors. There's, If you want to leave your window open, there's clamps you can buy so that that window won't come any further open than what you put. You know, you like I, we would drill a hole. We'd open the bathroom window about three inches and then drill a hole down in a runner and slip a little nail in there so it can't get any further to the side. That only, that's just a false sense of security because people, you can lift up, and you probably know this, if it's a slide window, it goes side to side. Once you get it away from the from latched uh, position, move it over even an inch, you can pick it up and and uh, take it out. So 
you have to be careful of that. Use common sense again. How to uh, take care of your windows, your doors, everything. Be aware. Lock it, lock it, lock it. That is the biggest thing. And that's a big thing that the police were trying to teach people at this gun show. Lock your door. Lock your door. Close the doors. Definitely close the windows when you leave. If you're going on vacation, stop your paper delivery. Stop your mail delivery. Unless, of course, you got something like a neighbor's going to come over and pick it up for you every day. You don't want people to know that you're gone. You can always leave. Uh, well, they have these, these uh, controls for your television and for lights that will come on at dark. That'll let st- people know that you're there, right? Especially if a TV comes on and then stays on all night and goes off in the morning. Criminals, case areas. They walk around and they look for things that shouldn't be. They look for piles of newspapers, new, uh, uh, mail in the mailbox, Curtains wide open, no cars parked in the driveway. You know, they look for telltale signs. Don't give them any. Now, also, as a security thing, when you leave, if you're going on a, a trip, even for a weekend, turn off all your appliances. That means unplug the coffee maker, the hot, uh, turn the hot water heater down, uh, unplug the microwave, unplug all the shadow drains. Well, what's a shadow drain? A shadow drain is, you know, the charger you have for your cell phone, you plug it in the wall and then the cord comes out and you plug it in the back of your cell phone. Well, when you unplug your cell phone, you're going to look down, that little, that transformer is still drawing power. That's a shadow drain. And you will probably have 10 of them in your house, if not more. Unplug all of those. It's a good thing to go around your house and look for things that are still plugged in. And you think, well, I never use that anyway. Uh, I just leave it plugged in. Well, it's drawing power. So unplug all the shadow drain things. Now, these shadow drain things are also, they go bad and they start a fire. You've seen the joke on TV when people have left for vacation and they're 20 miles out and the woman goes, oh, I think I left the coffee maker on. Or, you know, it, it sounds like a joke. Talk to your fire department. They will explain to you how many fires they have to handle because of that. People leave something on or plugged in and they're gone and it shorts out. It happens. Now, when you move into a new house or apartment or storage area or anything like that where you're going to want to secure things, do yourself a favor. Change the locks. I don't care how honest the landlord is. I don't care anything. Change the locks. Stuff happens, keys get stolen and copied, and the next thing you know, you come home from work after living in an apartment for, for a month, and uh, the door's locked, but everything's gone. All right, you don't need to go through that. Change your locks. Now, what you also want to do is install a double-throw deadbolt. Now, what a double-throw deadbolt is, is first off, the deadbolt has to come out at least an inch and a half into the jam. You don't want any of these that stick out only a half an inch. You want an inch and a half, even two inches. And then it needs a key on both sides to open. You need a key outside to get into your apartment. You need a key inside to get out of your apartment. So if somebody breaks in a, win- in a window or something, well, you know they're not going to steal your uh, couch because it ain't going to fit out that window. Because they're not going out the front door. That's what double throw deadbolt is. Keep the shrubs, trees, bushes, anything around your house 
from blocking your windows or your doors. You don't want criminals to have any place to hide. And for that matter, when the zombie apocalypse comes, you don't want any place for zombies to hide either. Get a peep viewer. If you don't have it, oh God, this is something else I got to tell you. This is ridiculous. The houses up here, a lot of Californians move in up here. So they build the houses up here. So what do you find at the front door? Well, you find a front door that's all glass. That's stupid. It's all glass. Not only can I see everything that's happening in that house, I can kick that door in easy. It'd break easy. Or the house that has a a solid oak door, but it's got glass on both sides. A foot, six foot tall, a foot wide of decorative glass on both sides of the door. That's no security. All right, get a peep, uh, one of them little peep things. Drill a hole in your door, stick this in there. Make sure it's not too high. So if you got a dwarf for a wife like I do, she's only, what, five foot four? She can reach it. Peephole so that the kids can reach it. So they can look outside and see what's there. Never open the door till you know what's on the other side of it. Whether you look out the peephole or you look through a window on the side or something, never open a door until you know what's there. That will stop any of these uh, kick-in doors. Guy, if you've got a halfway decent door, you know, they want you to open the door. They don't want to make a sound of kicking in a door. If you can, get yourself a steel screen door. I don't mean this twenty nine ninety five Home Depot special that you could actually fold in half. Screen door. I'm talking about a steel screen door. Home Depot does sell them. They're about one hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars. Uh, they you, you you once you hook them up and put them on, there's nobody coming in that door. Well, let's see. So we got uh, never. Oh, and this is the government actually comes out and warns people this, especially up here. Never pay up front for services. It is a big thing. They go criminals will go through whole whole housing tracks. And they will look at a house that has a crap roof, or they'll look at a house that the siding is is torn up, or has bad lawns or landscaping, and they will come up and say, I'm with Joe's Landscaping. We have a special going on this month that we will trim. We'll do a a mow and blow, which is that they mow, they trim, uh, they they weed eat, and they blow everything clean. And we'll, we'll, we'll do it for... An introductory charge of only 50 bucks for both the front and rear lawn. Just uh, sign here, pay up front, and then we will set up a schedule with you. They've walked away with thousands and thousands of dollars from people. Or the people who say, okay, we're going to do a roofing. You know, we'll do your roof. A roof, standard roof for a thousand square foot house up here is probably about uh, $7,000. So they'll come up and they'll look at the roof and they'll say, here's my card. We're going to be we're doing roofs in this neighborhood. Uh, yours looks like it wouldn't cost more than 5000 bucks. And people will jump at that. And they say, well, we need half up front so that we can buy materials. So they start on it. They get to half up front. They get a crew of four or five guys, shows up at seven in the morning, start tearing your roof off. They leave for lunch. They never come back. This is real. This is happening all the time. Or the woman who takes her car into a place to have the oil changed. 
and pays up front. And then comes back at the end of the day and and the guy goes, oh, we haven't changed the oil yet. Well, I paid you for it. Well, but we won't be able to get to it till next week. This happens a lot. Never pay for services up front. Make it a rule. Never pay for services up front. We've been in business at Survival Enterprises for 35 years. There are very few companies that I will buy anything from to put into the store when I pay up front. That, that I will pay up front. Most of them, once we receive the product, then we make our payment. And it's because there are so many fly-by-night companies out there. There are so many companies with, uh, let's just say, low morals that they will lie and cheat you. I had a company uh, about five, six years ago I contacted that had a product that I wanted, and it was advertised on the Internet. And I said, I want 5,000 of those. Not a problem. We got them. Don't worry about it. Just uh, fill out all this paperwork and uh, send us send us a check or give us your credit card, and we'll get it going. So I gave him the credit card, and a week later, I didn't get a tracking number back for shipping, and I called him up, and the main number was said it was discontinued or disconnected, and no new number. So I had the cell phone of the owner. I called that phone. The owner was in Thailand. And, and apologizing, saying, oh, yeah, 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 that was a mistake. Uh, we just lost our lease. We're going to be back in business in a few months. I'll, uh, I'll get a hold of you then. Well, guess what? I never heard from him again. But my credit card company uh, refunded the money, canceled the money out of that account, and gave it back to me. So we don't pay for anything up front. I get it in my hand first, and it's very simple, and that's something that everybody should be doing that. Now, credit uh, internet. I get this all the time. There's a lot of you out there that really help me out, and you send me articles of what's happening locally for you. Or if you, you find out something, you know, you send me articles. People send me articles. I really appreciate that. Unfortunately, a lot of you are getting lazy. Instead of sending me an article, you will forward the article that you just received from this other guy who forwarded it to you. And let me tell you, when you forward an email, not only do I have the email address of every single person that you're forwarding that to, but they have my email address as well. So you've just violated the security and privacy of every single person on your list. You do not forward. If it's important enough send it to me individually. You can BCC. That's blind carbon copy. So you put the named person you're sending it to or one of the names up at the top as the addressee. And then at the at the, at the BCC, you put all the other 150 names or what have you. Do not forward emails. You're violating privacy and security. And that is one of the main ways that these scammers get all the email addresses that they get off the internet. And don't, don't fall for all of this these hoaxes on the internet. Like this the missing child story or the the warning on blankety blank or a health tip. Check the validity of everything you have. I I get I get articles from people that the articles are bogus or they're from some dimwit. 
I get articles from a friend of mine who actually thinks that that some of the people that she reads, there's some guy named John something or other, and this guy is an idiot. He comes out and he says, you know what, this isn't really a virus that's killing everybody, it's just pneumonia. And I looked at it, I go, what's your point? It's killing people. And everybody is dying of pneumonia. That's how they die. I, and, it, and it goes on and on. And I and I, this person sends me one something from this guy every single day, and the guy is, he's catering to dimwits. And of course, I consider myself not a dimwit, even though I, maybe I am. I don't know. But whatever you do, take a few minutes, and verify. This is what I have to do with everything I talk to you about. And everything I post on my show notes, I verify always, always, always. I want to make damn sure I'm not passing passing on some hoax. And the majority of stuff that ends up on Facebook is a hoax. My son comes to me and he goes, Dad, I got this this on Twitter. I just found this blankety-blank thing, this, this thing that's really important. I said, well, send me the link. Well, there's no link. It's just people talking. I said, then there's no way to verify it, is there? Well, just look up. I said, that's not my job. That's yours. You're going to send me. You're going to send me data. You do the verification. I don't have time for it. Uh, yeah. So you don't want to spread misinformation. You don't want to pass on some virus that was just sent to you. Uh, let's see. Microsoft, Yahoo, Google, the UN, American Express. Uh, they don't hold lotteries, and you didn't win a five million dollars. <laughs> And all, all, every single one, email from Nigeria or Africa, and I mean any African nation, or any Middle Eastern nation, or any Muslim, is a scam every single time. Facebook, LinkedIn, Craigslist, uh, Twitter, there are programs that these con artists can use to, to scrape data off of these websites. They go there and they scrape email addresses. And then they send out blanket emails to 1.5 million people saying, uh, my name is uh, Dr. Narushu, and my wife, a very famous millionaire, died, and she asked me to have you help us distribute $23 million that's in her private account. Will you help me? <laughs> So remember this, and remember what I said, this, all these social media sites, every single one of them sells your private data. What is your private data? Your name, your address, your location, your age. If you were foolish enough to use a credit card on that website, then they have that as well, and that's Facebook, and Google, and Yahoo, and AOL. Uh, let's see. Oh, newspaper, magazine ads. I get this all the time. Customer, One of my customers says, oh, I got this newspaper ad, and it talks about this, this miracle cure for indigestion, and it's only forty nine ninety five a bottle. And I go, was it a full-page ad? Yes. How'd you know? Because it's a scam. They're selling that stuff that they can buy for $14 from Swanson's, and people like you are buying it for 50 bucks a bottle. Any magazine ad, any newspaper ad, is usually a, a scam or a con, or they're just flat ripping you off. I see it all the time. Or, or, or and, and when they use these buzzwords like 
limited availability or to select zip codes only. Lie. There's a scam going on up here. Now, we'll see what happens with it. But there is a, uh, a company, fiber optic company, coming into the area. Or so we think. And they're, they, they want to... This is the first time in 25 years that the state of Idaho is allowing competition. So this fiber optic company is coming into the state and they want to, they want everybody to, to promise to hook up to them. I go, what do you mean promise to hook up? What is this paperwork? What does this mean? So I'm reading the fine points. It says what you need to do is you go to this website and you register. And what you're doing is saying, yes, I'm, I'm probably going to use you when you hook up here because you're going to be so cheap. And then they ask you for a $25 deposit. And I looked at that and I go, you, you $25 deposit, you're not even live yet. You don't even have a local office yet. This smells. And they're really pushing it up here. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Well, let's see. Credit cards. Oh, now, this is important. And a lot of you are just complacent again. Or lazy could be another term. I don't know. You, you lose or misplace your credit card or your debit card. And then you wait. And you wait. You go three, four, five, six days later, you go, I still can't find the damn thing. If you think you've lost your credit card, if you think you've lost your debit card, instantaneously call the bank or call the number that you have on your bill from the credit card or company or the bank. And you tell them, I think I lost it. They will cancel it immediately and send you out another card. You, you don't have an option of wasting your time anymore. You have to cancel these cards as soon as possible. This is what the criminals look for is complacency. In other words, you know, you're not that you're not that concerned about it. Now, if you're going to buy stuff on the internet, don't just use your debit card. In fact, never use your debit card from your normal bank account. What I do, and I've been doing this since the, the 90s, I have a separate bank account, and it has its own little debit card, and I never have more than two or $300 in there. That's what I use to buy stuff on the internet with. If my card gets compromised, I'm not going to lose any more than that. But there are people who... We had a customer in here uh, yesterday who had lost $1,700 from her bank account because she used her debit card to buy some clothing on a website that didn't have uh, an SSL. It wasn't HTTPS. It was meaning secure. It was HTTP. And she thought it was okay anyway. And she gave the debit card number and she bought something for 50 bucks. And within two days, the bank calls her and says, <clears throat> you know, your bank account is drained. You had 1700 bucks in there and uh, it's gone now, but you're still trying to charge on it. By the way, we have a uh, we bought years ago one of the Clinton era paper shredders. You know these things can take a a, a small building and, and shred it down to nothing. And all of our paperwork is shredded. Everything is shredded. As a matter of fact, all the orders that people call in and give us, uh, we keep them for thirty days and then we shred them. Everything gets shredded. I mean, everything gets shredded. And that's not a bad idea for you guys too. Obviously, don't shred anything you're going to need for your taxes, but. Uh, except after three years, you know, you keep them for three years. When you return items to the store that you bought, 
Never allow them to enter your driver's license number or your social security number or your credit card number in their database. They will try and do that. Every company out there, every large box store has been hacked. Home Depot, Lowe's, Costco, uh, you name it, Gander Mountain, they have all been hacked. So make it a rule. Do not allow them to take your any of your personal personal data and put it on uh, their database. Do not allow that. And when some when you're calling somebody on the phone, like you're calling your bank, and they ask you for your social security number, never give out your social security number on an open line. All all phone lines are open. All phone lines are non secure. You can give the last four digits. Now that's kind of safe. With the right tools, it doesn't matter. I can get the other uh, seven digits. But just, you know, the last four digits are fine. Most criminals, criminals are like water. They take the path of least resistance. And what you don't want to do is be the least resistance. Now, if you go into a company and they demand that you have, that they, that you, you know, give your uh, private information and tell them you'd like to talk to the manager and you tell the manager, say, look, uh, I'm not giving you this stuff because you've already been hacked. And I don't wish to have my my information out on the dark web, the deep web. I don't want people to know about me. So uh, if nothing else, just give me a in-store credit. And I've done that a few times. The stores up here know better than to ask me anyway. I'm so problematic. All right, that's it for today. I want to thank you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to me. I hope I gave you some information uh, that will help you. I want to remind you that next week I'm going to do a show on the Anti-Defamation League and explain it to you what the reality is on it and and, uh, why America basically is going to crap and they're they're one of the biggest reasons behind that whole thing. And I will keep you abreast of everything that's going on. And if you go to armchairsurvivalist.com forward slash chat, Dot HTML. In other words, go into the chat room. As I get data, I'm going to post it there. If I get time, there's I'm being bombarded with information. And I have to determine which, which of it is vital for you to hear, which of it you're going to hear all day long anyway from somebody else, so I don't want to waste my time or your time giving you the same stuff over and over and over again. Keep your nose in the air and your ear to the ground. Pay attention to the sounds and smells around you. Things are going to change, and they're going to change fast. But if you are listening to me, then you're going to be able to set yourself up to where you're not. the damage to you and your family is not going to be as great as it could be. I'll see you next week.